ETL Echo presents Mind and Body by Serena. Chapter 1 Watch out! Draco snapped as the 582nd person bumped into him. Masses of people swayed around him, some clearly intoxicated, some bobbing their heads to the music blaring from the magical jukebox, some both. He'd been so gleeful that he'd secured a spot at the counter when he arrived at the pub. Now he knew why it had been vacant. At first he had thought it was the grumpy coot on the neighboring barstool, who sometimes seemed to talk to his glass. But that wasn't the reason. Draco's seat was on the way to the washrooms. Quite literally, in the way to the washrooms. Everyone had to squeeze by if they wanted to pee, or to powder their noses, or whatever witches did in there. A constant din was underlining the music, people yelling at each other to articulate their words. The never-ending throng of people, moving to the counter and back again to their tables or designated nooks, kept the whistling bore in a winding flow. Sooner or later, everyone had to use the lavatory. Draco did not want to admit that this spot had been purely secured, so he held his head high, even as the 583rd person bore their elbow into his ribs. Drago's back jerked away to soften the blow. At least this patron had the decency to mumble a slurred, Sorry. He sneered into his glass. His friends had all opted out tonight, being busy with their partners or with other things. Still, that had not held Drago back from his routine, although he cursed himself for not picking the more serene and exclusive La Croix tonight. Some wizarding establishments had begun to embrace more muggle concoctions a fact he welcomed. One could only drink so much fire whiskey before one got tired of it. Yet not even that ice-cube-filled muggle drink had helped. He lifted the glass and peered at its opaque orange contents. The umbrella hung on the rim, its cheery magical sparkle not in the slightest dampened by its lopsided state and Draco's morose mood. He wouldn't be having sex on the beach tonight. What a silly name for a drink. Not that he imagined anyone would want to have sex on any British beach on a rather cold night in June, not when it was raining cats and dogs outside. At least, not if they were in their right minds. He took a sip, letting the cloying sweetness run over his tongue. Or maybe people did have lots of sex on British beaches. What did he know about it? A shout from a familiar voice interrupted his musings about his lack of experience. Draco halfway turned his head, and groaned to himself. Just what he needed tonight. Couldn't a wizard wallow in peace for once? He stared straight ahead, as if the bartender's skills with the bottle opener were the most fascinating sight. They weren't, of course. But Draco preferred not being seen by... A harsh shove pushed him into the edge of the counter, so that he almost smashed his face into his glass. Draco growled. That would not do, no matter who caused it. He whipped around. As expected, Potter sneered at him. Oops, Potter said, a faux apologetic expression on his face. I didn't even see you, Malfoy. Too irrelevant, I guess. Fuck off, Potter. Harry, let's go, Weasley said. His hand was on Potter's shoulder, tugging slightly. There's the bathroom. Finish up and let's get out of here. As he nudged his friend in the direction of the bathrooms, 
Weasley shrugged his shoulders at Draco, but didn't apologize, as he followed Potter to the back of the pub. Uneducated pack. All of them. Malfoy? A much higher and more dulcet voice reached him from the other side. He sighed. Of course Granger wouldn't be far off when her friends went out. Are you okay? Harry, he's been drinking. Not that Potter was much friendlier when he was sober. Weasley was outright cordial in comparison. Draco wasn't really in the mood to affect jocundity, although her presence elevated this establishment immensely. On babysitting duty tonight, Granger? A sudden shove from a witch passing behind had her falling into him. Granger's hand shot out to steady herself on the counter. It avoided more severe injury, although he instinctively put one hand on her waist and the other on her upper arm to support her. She said, without acknowledging his jab at her friends, not even with a glare. A frown on her face, she turned her head to identify the culprit, but there were too many people mingling. Sorry. Despite the mouthful of hair that he got, her weight was pleasant. A fruity scent drifted into his nose, sweet but thankfully not as sweet as his chosen drink. He found himself inexplicably mollified and willing to dismiss her bumping into him. Not your fault. These louts are unbearable. She grinned unexpectedly. And still, you're sitting here at the most unfortunate corner in the whole pub. Not by choice. His eyes flitted to hers and away again. Despite the stiff material of her jeans, her hip was soft and pliant under his palm. And if he was any smoother, or an old lecher, come to think of it, he would have squeezed her hip. He cleared his throat. Last spot free. Hmm, she replied, as she finally moved back, her hand sliding along his arm until she was upright again. It was probably the first time ever they had been so near, except for when she had slapped him back at Hogwarts. The sting on his face hadn't been as painful as the embarrassment of it. His hands dropped away from her, and for a moment he didn't know where to put them, in the end, he left them in his lap. Where are you planning to go next? Draco said, grasping at straws to keep the conversation going. Not that he was in the habit of seeking out long conversations with Granger, but the old man next to him had proven himself a rather uncommunicative fellow already. Unless one was the Coot's glass, which experienced an increased influx of grumbling now that Granger had joined. Still, she wasn't completely unpleasant toward Draco and that had to count for something, when so many others continued to hold their grudges. On the occasions he interacted with Granger at the ministry, she was always professional and polite. Not like Potter at all. Maybe she was even friendly. But that could be just imagination. He reached over his shoulder for his glass, and took a sip to wash away the sudden sourness in his mouth. Granger grimaced as two more passers-by bumped into her. So sorry! She took a tiny step forward, hands gripping his shoulders, but she was stopped by his knees. I feel like an unwanted piece of furniture being pushed around like that. You tell me, he said with a wry twist to his mouth. At least the bar stools are fastened to the floor. The next patron's passing almost pressed her upper body against his hand with the glass. The soft parts of her upper body. He saved them both from the humiliation, or flashing excitement in his case by a quick move back as far as he could. 
the touch of her thighs against him, sent an unfamiliar twinge of awareness to his brain. Even in the packed pub, the places their covered skin came into contact were still warmer than the ambient air, sending heat up to his head. He barely refrained from bringing his cold glass up to his cheeks. It might cool the warmth, but no man of proper breeding would be caught blushing in public. Draco could open his legs a little further, and maybe she would step between them. Although he wasn't usually one for physical nearness, he found that he wasn't objecting to this prospect at all. He took a hasty slug of his drink. While he was pondering the rationality of opening his thighs wider to accommodate her, the silent man next to him grumbled something about too many damned people and too much damned cheerfulness. An annoyed huff later, the wizard left without any acknowledgement of his fellow patrons. At first, Draco was glad for more elbow room. Then he saw Granger shooting her hand forward to place it firmly on the stool. With a smooth twist of her hips, she slid onto the seat the very second the coot had vacated it. Draco was impressed by her reaction time, although he might have been more impressed if he hadn't been distracted by the lack of her palms on his shoulders. Much better, she said. She motioned to face the counter, and Draco followed her example without hesitation. Vodka Red Bull, she called to the bartender and pushed a small stack of coins over the counter. As she waited for her drink, she admitted, I'll be glad when I get home tonight. It's been a long week. Alone? He blurted out before he could get a grip on his tongue. Inwardly, he cursed himself. What a stupid thing to say to someone he barely talked to about private matters. The rumor mill told him she was single, but it was nothing he'd bring up at work. Granger raised her eyebrows, half a smirk on her face. He wasn't sure, but he thought there was a little pink on her cheeks. Truth be told, he had expected a snarl or an angry reprimand. He certainly hoped they were past physical violence. But she only shrugged. That wasn't the answer he would have wagered on. Now, he was intrigued. Was she on the prowl, looking for some company without strings attached? He felt heat licking the tips of his ears as he imagined her getting a good pounding. His trousers were beginning to become uncomfortable, but he admonished himself mentally. Not that he was about to give her a good pounding. How about you? She asked after a couple of seconds of silence between them. He rolled the glass between his fingers as he searched for a good answer. Should he bluff and pretend he was just getting ready for the next bar where he would pick between the most beautiful women the wizarding world had to offer? It was a lie, of course. He wasn't keen on meeting random witches. He was simply not interested if they could not hold a substantial conversation. His other option was to admit that he would just go home all by himself, as always. But that wasn't a better answer. You coming, Hermione? A sweaty body pressed itself between Draco and Granger, elbowing him with more force than was necessary in the process. Draco glared at the dark head that was in his face now. Potter. So the elbow had not been by accident either. Behind the damned idiot, Weasley rolled his eyes at his friend. It seemed their trip to the bathroom had not done anything to temper Potter's hostility. Not that Draco felt anything but antipathy, but at least he didn't go out of his way to harass the other man. He liked to think he had grown out of that kind of behavior. Harry, Granger growled. She turned and gripped Potter's shoulder to push him away. I already told you I won't come to the fiery circle. 
Of course they would go to the fiery circle. It was one of the hottest venues at the moment, but Granger's outfit didn't exactly scream nightclub. Her purple shirt was high quality, but more a comfortable flowing cut than one to draw the eye. But you have to. It'll be grand. Potter staggered forward, mock whispering. You must come. Company's going to be much better, too. A whiff of beer breath drifted to Draco, and he barely suppressed a gag. If Potter thought women enjoyed a smell like this, he was dearly mistaken. Granger shot Potter an icy glare that made Draco whoop inside. I'm twenty-seven, and nobody's entitled to tell me what to do on a Saturday night. This includes you. Potter seemed to have found a shred of self-preservation as he leaned back, his hands up in a placating manner. All right, all right. Just trying to get you to relax. Live a little, Hermione. Come, Harry, let's go. Weasley chimed in from the back. We wanted to leave half hour ago already. Potter's eyes flicked back and forth between Draco and Granger. With incredulity in his voice, he said, You're not talking to him, are you? And if I was, it wouldn't be your business either. Granger sounded seriously pissed off now, her voice louder than before. Breathless silence befell the pub with her words, the music trailing off at the same time. Draco's eyes flitted to the jukebox, but nobody had put on another song yet. If he had the slightest hunch of how crowds worked, nobody would anytime soon either. The tension was thick enough to cut it with a knife, with heads turned and ears strained to hear the argument. He already knew his mother would read a very flawed retelling in next week's Witch Weekly. Just let it go. Granger kept her shoulders squared as she opposed her childhood friend. She must know the talk that would follow, rumors about flings and broken hearts and all that nonsense that came with being in the public eye. Still, she didn't back down. She was formidable. Draco couldn't help the smirk forming on his face of her defiance. If it wasn't so proletarian, he would applaud her openly. As he turned further around, he said, Get lost, Potter. The lady said she wasn't interested. A hush washed over the crowd and people moved away from them. All of a sudden, they had much more room, though that didn't mean the tension lessened. If possible, it became even more pressing, enough to make Draco instinctively slide his hand to his wand holster. Potter's face took a crimson shade, and for a moment, Draco thought the clenched fist would connect with his face. He twisted the rest of his legs in his seat, his wand out at a moment's notice. From the corner of his eye, he saw a movement. Granger had done the same, and just as quickly. He had expected her to point it at him, but she pointed it at Potter. Her face was hard as steel now, and as inexperienced as Draco might be with women in general, he knew a don't-fuck-with-me face when he saw one. Weasley seemed to know it, too. He issued a long, suffering sigh, rolling his eyes as he and Granger exchanged a look. Two insistent hands appeared on Potter's shoulders. Off we go, Harry. The club's waiting for us. Weasley dragged the idiotic Potter back, making him sputter and protest as he was pulled toward the door. Only now, Draco fully realized the extent of the tension that had gripped the guests around him. Several people had their hands in their respective pockets or on their wands. A blonde woman to the left had a relieved expression on her face, while a bearded wizard in the front row looked disappointed. What are you looking at? Granger called out, 
glaring daggers at the audience. The crowd reluctantly dispersed. Turning back to the counter, she placed her elbows on the surface and her face in her hands. She took a deep breath and muttered, Now that went well. E.T.L. Echo Echoing Tales of Enemies to Lovers